face like flint. Friday night I went to my first NAU volleyball game in a couple years because of COVID. It was a big crowd, very loud, uh, very intimidating for the other team. They even prudently, I think, put our band right behind the opposing bench. And when does the band play? But during timeouts, when the other team is trying to talk about their plays. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But so, but unfortunately for us, we were playing a very good team. Our team's good, but the opposing team was ASU, and they were very focused. And, and they probably knew they were coming into a hostile environment, and yet they stayed determined, and they ended up winning a tough match, that they were... Focused. They were unwavering with their faces set like flint. This, this phrase we hear in our first reading from the prophet Isaiah says, I have set my face like flint. What, what does that mean? What it means is, is that they have become resolute and determined to persevere in the midst of adversity. That, that I am going to go forward no matter what people do. That even if I have to suffer, that what I have to gain is worth it. In the gospel, we hear Jesus express this feeling. That's why we have this paired together, the first reading in the gospel. That Jesus tells his disciples that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and rise after three days. Peter hears this, and he loves the Lord, and so he pulls him aside and says, Jesus, like you don't have to do this. He had just talked about how, Jesus, you are God, and if you're God, then you shouldn't have to suffer. And, and, and Jesus then rebukes Peter with the strongest rebuke in Scripture. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. That Peter's thinking, oh, the, the worst evil that could happen is that you suffer. And I, I don't want you to have to suffer. So that's, it's kind of a human mentality of do whatever you can to avoid suffering. But Jesus is pointing out that God doesn't think this way. I mean, you can even look at the human example of, I don't know, childbirth, that it, it's difficult. And there are people who are like, I don't want to go through that. And, and they're free. They don't have to go through that. But it, it requires facing something difficult. Why? Because this new life is worth it. There's something good to be gained. And so Jesus is saying, avoiding suffering is not the way, but this is the way. I, who am God, am going to show you the way, that the way to heaven goes through the cross. He says, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The road to heaven is not easy. And I think these readings are fitting for this time, about a month into the semester. 
And you've probably heard or figured out that not everybody that we meet is excited to know that we're Catholics and that we go to church. Maybe you've heard even professors or classmates or social media that it is not easy to be Catholic. That the beliefs, the people are ridiculed at times, not everybody. And that can be really hard because it's like, this is something I love, enjoy. But why, why are these good people who seem to be smart and educated, why are we disagreeing on these things? And, and it can make me question myself. Like, am I, am I not on firm f- standing here? Like, am I, like, what, is there something wrong with me when I'm the only one in my class that believes a certain thing? That it can leave us feeling really alone, misunderstood. And if we do not have faces set like flint on the Lord with clarity about what we're about, it is simply a matter of time till that pressure just gets to be too much and you say, forget it, it's not worth it. Like you might be strong once or twice, but then it's just like, I can't, can't do it. So what keeps us going? How do, how do we keep going even when we know it might be difficult? I think there's two things. First, if we look at this conversation that Jesus has with Peter, it begins with, who do people say that I am? And he asks, who do you say that I am? And Peter makes this reply that you are the Christ, that you, you are God. And if you are God, you can do anything. And if you allow certain things, if you allow yourself to suffer, it's because you're choosing to allow it. And there must be a good reason that everything that's happening, that if you are God, must be for a good reason. And if you are God, then it means you're with me. If you are God, then it means what you say is true and I can lean into it. I can depend on it. That it's, it's more sure than me looking in the mirror or me looking around in my own perception. That if you are God, doesn't that, does that resonate? If, 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 if you are God, then what you say is more true than my own perception of things. If you're not God, well, then you're definitely not worth getting beat up, beaten up for by the world. And I'm just going to go do what I want. But if you are God, then somehow you can work all things for good then you even have salvation and peace. So that's the first thing that keeps us going, that somehow God is with me. God works all things for good, that he is God. But the second thing is that here is Jesus. As I mentioned, if you're God and you're suffering, and Jesus tells us in Scripture, no one takes my life from me, I freely lay it down. That what moved Jesus to accept that suffering, to take the path to the cross, is what he encountered on the cross. What did Jesus encounter on the cross? But yours and my sin and suffering. 
that Jesus experienced on the cross every, every pain, every suffering, every sin that we've ever done and that we've ever experienced done to us. That Jesus saw us suffering and said, I do not wish you to be there alone. I will come be with you in your suffering. That Jesus is moved out of love for us. Somebody earlier today, they, afterwards, they're like, Father, you, you gave me an epiphany. He goes, I debate with this Jewish guy at work. And in his mind, he always says, in the Jewish mind, at least his perception, is my God will kill for me. And he goes, I get it. He go, I go, what? He goes, what you said today reminded me that, that we Christians realize that the fulfillment of that, who God really is, is he says, I will be killed for you. That I am willing to suffer out of love for you. And, and you see this, we see this in a mother who, who stays up all night with her sick child. She's like, I don't have to stay up. No one's making me. I choose to enter into the suffering of my child and to be with him or her because I love them. How much more so God is moved. And he says, I will hold nothing back from you. I, I will undertake anything. I will pay any price out of love for you. And that you and I, we're invited when we say yes to the cross, the same motivation is to move us, that, that we are to be moved not out of duty, like I'm supposed to do this. This is what I have to do. No, that you and I, we're invited to be moved by love also, that, that Lord, you love me, you want what's best for me, and if you tell me to go this path, so be it. If you tell me to eat vegetables, okay, I'll eat vegetables. If you tell me to... You know, save sex for marriage, I'll, I'll do that. And, and yet, Lord, you're the first one to embrace me and love me if I've fallen. And then you encourage me to get up and keep going because it's worth it. That even though the person I'm dating doesn't understand and my friends make fun of me, that somehow you tell me that, that walking this path is worth it. That what I have to gain is, is worth it. That it's not easy, but it's better. And so it's, it's love, it's love of God, love for ourselves, love for others that moves us to be willing to accept the cross and all that comes with it. I, I feel that in a lot of ways, but one particular example that was on my heart, so I'll share it with you, um, is uh, we did something Thursday night, we did, we, we haven't done it since school started, but uh, I'll go on TikTok Live for a while. Um, and... It, first, we were just kind of like, let's just see what this is like. But what I've encountered is a whole lot of young people, college students and others, who it feels like they don't know God's love for them. That, that they feel like they're suffering and hurting, and they don't know that God wants to be with them right where they're at. And so that, that moves me to want to go there. And as you know, on social media, you can take a beating, right? So, like, usually when I go on, like even this week, uh, we go on, and at first you get the comments, they see the caller, and they go, hail Satan. And then the next comments come, stop being a pedophile. And then everything that's on their hearts just, like, comes out, which is actually good and beautiful, because God 
God is the one who can take it. And so I'm not taking that personally. I'm just letting them let it out. And then they ask a bunch of good questions and things. But a lot of the questions this week were focused on the, the Texas state law that uh, prohibiting abortion after a heartbeat can be detected um, with the baby inside. And so they're asking me questions. They're like, okay, Father, don't you believe that a woman should be able to make her own choices about medical care? Shouldn't she be able to choose? So I, I asked the question, choose what? Like, what, what choice are we talking about? Are we, are we choosing whether to take vitamins or not? You know, okay, yeah. I mean, if we're choosing whether to go and have the doctor listen to our heartbeat to make sure that we're healthy and, and don't have, you know, plaque buildup or something in there. Like, there's lots of choices. There's a good choice. But what choice are we talking about? The, the choice we're talking about here is the choice to terminate a pregnancy. Okay, so that's the choice. The choice to terminate a pregnancy. Okay, if, if it's a pregnancy, well, then you're pregnant. Well, and what that means is that this woman isn't just some freak that has two heads and four arms and four legs and two hearts but that there's actually two human lives that we're talking about. That we are now dealing with two human lives. And then when she goes to the doctor, there's two heartbeats that are detected. And so the question then is, what do we do to help love them both? And, and I think a couple of qualifiers, like I even, how I answered this question was first and foremost, what needs to change is not laws, but human hearts. <laughs> Laws don't do anything, right? Law tells you not to go more than 75 to Phoenix, and how many of us, yeah. So it's like laws don't change hearts. What needs to change is hearts, and what also needs to happen is we need to love, I think we need to get better at loving the mother in that difficult situation, but how do we love them both? That's, that's the invitation. Someone else even said on there, they're like, Father, you've helped me grow so much in my faith. And I'm like, from my TikToks? But, um, but it just speaks to how, like St. James says today, when we live our faith, not just in words, but in how we live our lives, it affects people for the better. And I, I don't know what you're called to do. Each of our paths is different. But the one constant is the invitation we receive from Jesus today. That he says, take up his... Take up your cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. And so in our following of Christ, I don't know what he's going to call us to do. I don't, I don't, even in the classrooms here, people will, you know, Father, somebody made this comment and, and I didn't speak up. And I'm like, look, when is it time to speak up in class? When is it time to speak up in these arenas? when the audience is listening. And so a lot of times we're not called to speak up, but to live our life in a way and to love people well so that maybe at some point they might want to listen to what we have to say. Because our, our opposition is not people. It's not persons. The enemy is not any person you could pick. But as St. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, our, our our opposition is principalities and power and evil spirits. The evil one at work trying to turn us against each other. And Jesus is trying to unite us and show us the path 
that leads to salvation. And so today we're invited once again, wherever we've been, is to say yes to the Lord who holds nothing back, who fights. He's willing to endure anything out of love for us and invites us to say yes to his invitation, to say yes to his cross, because wherever the cross is, is where Jesus is. So why do we say yes to the cross? Not because we want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. I'm actually, I've realized in my older age, I'm becoming a lightweight with suffering. But I say yes to the cross because I know that Jesus is God and Jesus is there out of love and inviting me to follow the path that's best for me. And so by his grace, I set my face like flint and I say yes to the Lord and his cross, his love, and his salvation.